Uh, yeah, I, I I guess we could open this up. Um, this is uh, Kellen's final pick for mm-hmm. the uh, yeah for the podcast we're doing, uh, stargazing with me, Moises, and Kellen. Yeah. Uh, this these the past two months we've been doing uh, personal picks, um, and this is Kellen's final personal pick: the good, the bad, the ugly from what is it 67 1967 uh yeah which i thought it was way older than that really yeah i did (laughs) uh yeah this is december 1966 also the good the bad the ugly sounds like my ex-girlfriend's okay so (laughs) Uh, that's gonna be a good one (laughs) good one um Uh, every marvel movie i see or just all the movies i see with the boys we you we usually try to go like on an opening night so it's packed and we're like annoying mm-hmm. and i just laugh at every single thing that's like supposed to be laughed at and i'm just like oh, ha, 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 ha. and there was a guy last time uh when we went to go see shang chi and i could see him like looking over at me every fucking time i did that fake laugh he was so annoyed <laughs> um... can't wait to do that uh when we're watching uh uh West Side Story, Christmas Day. We, we, we have a pretty <laughs> crowded Christmas Day, Moises. Yeah, I'm not we, watching we, that Christmas Day. <laughs> we, like, we've said like four different movies we're going to go see Christmas Day. Like, we, <laughs> we, yeah, like, I, uh, Beth, um, Matrix, West Side Story, uh, Licorice Pizza. Spider-Man. Well, that's coming out the week before. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I'm getting that out. Yeah. I'm I'm supposed to, like I'm forced to work at AMC on Thanksgiving. If not, mm-hmm. they could fire me. And um, but it's luckily it's only like a two and a half hour shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I was right now. Like I had to go and wait in line to like sign up for my shift. Uh, yeah, but that was so, I took the earliest shift possible, which is like one to three thirty, which isn't terrible. But mm-hmm. then I looked at this dude. There's really nothing playing like. There's no create. There's no big releases this Thanksgiving this year. No, like there's gonna be a cup. I, I think really the only one that'll bring in a crowd is like Ghostbusters, which is coming out like today. Fuck, I forgot about that. Like that's really the only one. I think Clifford is playing. Like that might oh, bring yeah. in a couple, like some families, but there's Ghost- nothing crazy this year. Christmas is the day. Like I'm gonna tell them, fuck you guys. I'm not working on Christmas. Oh God, Ghostbusters comes out tomorrow. Yeah, that's really the only one I think that's gonna bring in big crowds. House of Gucci is not gonna bring in crowds. It's gonna no. bring in like old couples. <laughs> come on, come uh, on is gonna bring in old couples. I was kind of hoping I'd be able to get into like a screening or something because I I want to have I want to have an opinion on Ghostbusters Afterlife, but I don't want to see it. Pay to see it. I mean, I think everyone's saying it's bad, right? Yeah, that seems to be the, the general consensus. I did not grow up with Ghostbusters, as, we, as we've already discussed. So, And that I, seems like I, that might be like the one saving grace. I so want to go see it. I want to go see it without seeing any of them. Real, ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, no, there's like nothing coming out, which is good for my wallet. But I say that. I'm about to go spend like... House of Gooch, baby. Yeah. I'm already House of Gooch pilled. Lady it's Gaga true. looks like killer. She looks, she looks, she looks Oh, I'm happy. <laughs> I know that I, there's uh, like I've heard people talk about there's like a sex scene between her and Adam Driver, and like I don't want to see that. <laughs> when we first saw like 
obviously I've been very interested in that movie. We both have. Uh, and then like that heart of uh, heart of glass, like remix that they put in it is yeah. a slapper. But uh, I went to go see a movie with my friends and the trailer played and they thought like, oh, this looks good. And then the, the, the name popped up house of Gucci and like, you know, it disappeared and, and there was an extra playing. And one of my friends just looked at all of us. He's like, house of gooch hell yeah we gotta all go see that <laughs> and now it's a meme in our friend group whenever we see a house of gucci poster we cover up the eye and it's just house of gooch okay wonderful yeah I, <laughs> uh so there are a house couple of best picture baby yeah and i'm and i want to go see power of the dog there's a there's a couple oh, there's yeah, a couple movies um but we're not if talking you don't about... see that thanks uh this weekend i'll see it with you thanksgiving weekend at like keystone because i think that's the only place playing it well i was planning on like um monday you know going because i'm not doing anything monday but like tomorrow for a class i have to go on a field trip to like that theater that's right next to the music box Mm, okay and i'm gonna be there like class is gonna get out like 30 minutes before like a four o'clock showing. Oh, just go see it at four. Yeah. I'm like, really like, I'm like I should just go see it at four. Yeah. And I, I'm, I don't, I've never seen a Jane Campion joint. So me either. No. Yeah. Uh, but we're not talking about the dog today Mm-mm. or Gooch <laughs> or Gooch. Well, uh, we might, I might bring up Gooch actually. So never mind. We are talking about Gooch. I guess, I, <laughs> I guess the I, connection is that like, Italy. Gucci is Gucci is smelly. Um, these guys look smelly in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Th- these <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie that like you can kind of smell. That's a good good way of thinking about it. Like you look and you just go, mm. <laughs> uh, like you look at Tuco, you know, just Ugh. even though he's the only character who showers throughout the entire movie, <laughs> he takes multiple baths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not to uh, Quint. Uh, or Blondie after his like trek to the desert. That's like a, you know, get, but you get a bad taste in your mouth looking at it. It's weird. Yeah. Um, we're talking about the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, the 1967, 60, <coughs> or 66 um, spaghetti Western epic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, classic, like, look, it, it, it doesn't need much of an introduction. No. All right. It's, it's not, it's, you know, it's ingrained in our heads, just like all the other, yeah, like yeah, Godfather, The Matrix, you know, <laughs> two thousand one Star Wars. You know, it's like in yeah. that pantheon. It's you know, it's not like Speed Racer. I don't have to explain why this movie. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so actually, that's it. Actually, that's that's the end of the episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it, it could be, but like, um. You know, it's one of those things. Uh, if you've like seen it or enjoyed anything in the past like 50 years that's had like a cowboy in it, there's like a good chance that it owes like something to this movie, you know, or like it owes something to like uh, Sergio Leone, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will get into it. <laughs> it's um, just like I, I've never seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And watching it, it feels timeless. Like this is timeless. This, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> good movies either look like, hey, uh, this is brand new. I've never seen this before. Like seen this technique before, or it's like, 
I can't explain how this looks. This looks fake. This movie looks fake to me. Like it does not look real. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess with how much I've seen images from this movie, it just looks fake, completely fake. Everything, especially the last, the, the finale. And you mean this is a compliment or? Yeah, it's a compliment. Like that's, it's so cool. Cause yeah, yeah it's cool. It looks like a painting, I guess maybe, or like, it looks like. Yeah. I don't maybe. Know. I, yeah. I, I think I like, I like on a like gut level, I understand what you're saying. If, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I was thinking about this other day. Do you remember during the episode we did on focus when you kept saying, this is a movie. Yeah. 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 This isn't a movie. This is, this is, this is fake. A- <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a movie. This isn't a film. This is like the Bible, you know, like it's just there. <laughs> I want your like curriculum to be okay. It's a moving picture. It's a yeah. moving picture. That's what this okay. is. It's a moving picture. It, it, that, it's compelling. That's a compelling way to put it. Yeah. Um, I, my very quick history. Uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about, cause I, um, you know, you said going into this, that you've never seen, you know, this movie's a Western you've never seen with like a few exceptions. The only before. westerns I've seen is Red Dead Redemption one, two, and Under Nightmare, mm-hmm. Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, and uh, um, did you like see one more? That one at the music box, didn't you see with John Wayne? Oh yeah, the like Big the, Trail. Yeah. Yo, hold on. There's one more. I'm trying to think of the name. I'm I'm gonna give you the name because it has like a the Ridiculous Six. Yeah, that's the one. In a million ways to die in the West, or whatever. Okay, That's yeah. Like about okay. it. All right, yeah, I got. And the Lone okay. Ranger. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm blind. I'm blind when it comes to westerns. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I kind of want to talk about that genre, like do like a spark notes sort of thing on that like genre and how this movie falls in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like on a just on. The, smaller scale my experience with this movie is like i watched it for the first time because i was like starting to get into this kind of stuff i like i've watched this for the first time i think in like in the fifth grade Mm -hmm. and i realized while watching this that like you know this week watching it for this was like the first time i'd seen it in full since then like i'd only ever seen it because it's like a three-hour movie (laughs) yeah yeah. i'd like you know it, it was like one of those things like if it was on like AMC or whatever, like I'd catch like the last hour of it or like, Oh shit, they're about to do the final duel. I'll, I'll watch this. You know, um, my personal, like um, I'm tr- I was trying to get the like timeline of this right in my head, but I don't know. I think I've told this story. Like when we talked about, when we talked about jaws almost exactly a year ago, <laughs> like, um, like the movie that made me want to get into movies was Raiders of the Lost Ark you know, mm-hmm. and Steven Spielberg. And like, I got big into Indiana Jones when I was like in the third grade. And um, my grandpa on my mom's side, my mom's dad is a huge um, Western fan, like specifically like he loves John Wayne. Can I uh, give a guess which Westerns he showed you? Uh, go for it. Uh, Rango or maybe Logan. What the? <laughs> Did he show you? No, they hadn't come out. <laughs> this is this is like twelve years ago. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just naming off the classics, you know. 
Okay, well, you now you can add Rango to your list. Yeah, Rango and Logan. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, my grandpa um, on my mom's side, like big into John Wayne, like um, kind of like, you know, his father was to my great grandpa. And like he had like all these old like VHSs of just like Westerns, like he like recorded off the TV, you know? Yeah. Like, which I guess is like the modern equivalent of that is like, if I gave my grandkid like a hard drive full of movies, you know? full of like bootleg movies, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like pirated, like just which like, he uh, doesn't have. Kellen does not have that. He he doesn't actually have a hard drive full of bootleg. I do movies. have a grandchild though, so <laughs> <laughs> he does. I met yeah. him. <laughs> um. Like, you know, like, and, like, once I was starting to get into, like, Indiana Jones and, like, movies and stuff, he, like, you know, gave me those tapes to watch. I guess, like, the reasoning was Indiana Jones has a hat. So does John Wayne. You know, you yeah. know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I did. Uh, and so, like, um, you know, a lot of, like, my early introduction to this genre was, like, you know, this sort of John Wayne era, like, the John Wayne of it all. Which is like, you know, uh, like dashing, broad-shouldered, like chisel-jawed men, like dispatching justice, you know, tying up the bad guys or whatever. Yeah. And then, like, once I started to get, like, you know, more like middle school, like I started to, like, you know, I watch like Clint Eastwood stuff, which is <laughs> um, violent men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who like don't look, who look like dirty, you know, <laughs> like are kind of like, you know, a lot more morally ambiguous, I guess. Yeah. And that's, um, that's just, that's sort of like the progression of this genre, I think. Like, it, I'll be very quick about this. Like, um, I forget, I took some class where we talked about this, but there's like a really interesting shift in Hollywood, like pre and post World War II. And they like, before World War II, you know, there was like Hayes Code and stuff, you know, and all that. Like, you know, like good guys prevailing over evil, you know, very straightforward. But like after World War II, that's when you start to get like a lot more moral ambiguity, uh, moral ambiguity in like, mm -hmm. that's like, that's what film noir comes out of. It comes from like, you know, we went like an entire generation of men got sent off to war and came back like broken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, we did not, you know, arguably, we still don't have the resources to treat help them. So that's like what um, our culture, like our pop culture was kind of like reflecting at the time. And the same thing. And I'll recommend like this is like, I guess, my syllabus. Like I taught a class on this genre, like just like two movies to compare um, like pre and post World War Two and like the Western genre, like pre you have like Stagecoach, which is like. Uh, John Ford, you know, who's like one of like the like like of this genre, like on the Mount Rushmore, you know, you know, Stagecoach is like, um, first of all, if you if you like old movies and seeing like people do dangerous shit in old movies just because that was like allowed back then, Stagecoach is like kind of like the Fury Road of the 30s, <laughs> like and then it's just like you see people like, how did nobody die doing this? Yeah, um, but that's still like a pretty like you know stand like straight up like kind of um like cops and rob or i guess you know cowboys and outlaws kind of like conflict you know like 
Native Americans show up, you know, and they're kind of like a boogeyman, which is like mm-hmm. a very, very like big like black spot of the genre that um I'll talk about in a second. Um, but like that's like pre World War II, and then like post World War II, another movie by John Ford I watched this year for the first time called My Darling Clementine, which is um like a retelling of Wyatt Earp, like that sort of story, and that movie is like. Like there's maybe like two gunfights or there's like one gunfight in the entire thing. And that's at the very end. The rest of the movie is like very contemplative, like slow, kind of like sad, like, you know, sort of heavy shadows. Like it's, you know, you kind of feel this like sadness and death, like just hanging over it. It's, so it's not like romantic. It's a little, rom- it's a little like romantic, but it's like, all very sad. Like, it's like okay. unf- unrequited, unfulfilled love. Yeah, because this movie's romantic, but not at all, like, thematically. No, no. <laughs> Which is, what, what, yeah, like, formally, like, John Ford also has, like, the, like, big, like, you know, kind of landscapes. Like, yeah, uh, like, the you know, the West. Which is, like, a staple of this genre. And then, like, you know, so there's, like, also by John Ford. Um, the other two movies, like, The Searchers, which is, like, you know, I, I one of those movies like everyone should watch it once. Like it's, it's people say it's his best movie. I don't think it is. You know, like I, I I don't love that movie, but like that's like you know the John Wayne character. But like he like in that movie he is like a like a sociopathic like racist violent man. You know, mm-hmm. and like the movie doesn't really pull any punches or like make any like um, what's the word? You know, it doesn't try and dance around the fact. Like it, it just presents like here is this man who's been broken by who he is, you know, in that movie, like it's the very famous final shot of like, you know, kind of like, you know, saving the day brings the girl home, but like he can't rejoin society. It's like that famous shot of like him in the doorway, you know, walking away into like the desert as like the door shuts on him. Mm, mm. I which, think I know yeah. which one to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people like that one. I think the man who shot Liberty Valance is a lot better. Also, John Ford and John Wayne. Uh, it's got Jimmy Stewart too. That like I, that one's like similarly like here's like of like a very de- depressing like cynical like take on like the Western myth, you know, the myth of cowboys or whatever. Which is the other thing I wanted to talk about. And like, so what, reason- wait, what? What years are like those? Are those back before Good, Bad, Ugly? You said. Let's see. The Searchers is 1956. Okay. Okay. So yeah, this is all kind of westerns pre. Let me make sure. Because even and, that that one that you just described now sounds like pretty smart. You know, man. Yeah, 1962. This okay. is all like part of saying like this kind of progression of the genre towards like, you know, what it's like. You know, it's it's the western genre is kind of interesting because all of the exam like things that people love like the movies of it that people love are like revisionist in a way <laughs> like no like all the nobody loves like what the straight up like the old westerns were where they just like shot indians they're shitty whatever. yeah they're yeah. kind of shitty people like the like revisionist ones that like are kind of reckoning with like okay well what does it you know this life mean like what what is this what, one what the shit it does with the soldiers you know yeah exactly yeah okay. um I'll, I'll get to. I'm. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm about to get to good and bad. The ugly. Okay, um, no, I'd, I'm, I'm just I'm, to, I'd have. This is a blind spot, like I said. So just yeah. keep talking. 
I would like recommend all the movies I've mentioned so far, by the way, <laughs> if anybody listening wants to check. Are they out. all three hours long? No. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> no. But I think like, you know, just speaking of like the mythology of like the Old West, you know, like the cowboy, that like kind of imagery of like the lone drifter. I think like I, I still kind of like, you know, and like all the work I do and like the things I want to make, like that kind of like, you know, the elements of this genre have been hard for me to shake, you know, like very inspiring for me. And like earlier this year, I was like kind of just thinking about why. And I think this is my reasoning. And that America is, in the grand scheme of things, a very young country. You know, we're, yeah. like, what, 250, maybe 300, we're like 250 years old at this point. I don't something. know. I've never read a book in my life. I have no idea. <laughs> like, in the grand scheme of things, we're a very young country. Like, our culture is still very young compared to something like England, you know. Yeah. And you look at cultures around the world and their mythology like england for example their mythology is like king arthur you know the knights of the round table uh greek is like you know greek gods like zeus poseidon that hercules that kind of thing um in like japan that mythology is like the very similar to you know the cowboys like the samurai yeah which is like um and i think like in america this is like the closest thing we have to that you know yeah, it's like my take. I like I'm sure like people with like an actual degree have done writing on that kind of thing. But like that's our and they like what we like think of as like the cowboy in no way resembles what it was actually like, you know, in history. Like um, like, for example, you know, I mean, like when people think cowboy, they think of Clint Eastwood or John Wayne or, um, you know, who Kevin Costner. Right. But like. Mm-hmm. Real cowboys, like seventy percent of them were not. Kevin white. Costner. Kevin, what? What? Well, you said Kevin Costner. I, I just, I don't know. I was trying to think of an actor. He's done some cowboy shit before. Oh, okay. I've <laughs> but, never like, seen this. Let's go. Oh, oh mm-hmm. he's, he's he's a nice looking cowboy. <laughs> that's a cowboy. Yeah, that's a that's a modern part. cowboy right there. My dad, fucking, I I think this is a. Does your dad watch Yellowstone? Because I think that it might just be like a white dad thing. Yeah. That's a white dad thing. Yeah. yeah, my dad loves Yellowstone. He also just loves Kevin Costner. But he like he called me yesterday to tell me that he got Paramount Plus without telling my mom about it because he wanted to watch for Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, when I think of Cowboys, I think of Monty Montgomery. So I'm going to have to look up. What you say? Look it up. Look it up. You're going you're gonna to laugh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Now there you go, being smart again and running your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, Monty Montgomery, the name Moises just said, is the cowboy from Mulholland Drive. A great, like, great little performance, you know. Like one of the like most quietly unsettling things in any Lynch movie is that cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings me to like what I love about this movie is it like this movie like just really like captures or leans into like the sort of mythological of it you know like the big like grandiose like what you like romantic is what you said and i think that's a great way to put it even though there's like (laughs) this movie is about like three like sweaty violent men (laughs) like who are like constantly just screwing each other over to try yeah and always looking over their shoulder yeah (laughs) and that's like uh you know this is um a spaghetti western which is um the term coined 
for Westerns at this time that were like made and produced in Italy. Which adds even more to like the whole mythology thing that you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. this is from a viewpoint of like an Italian. Yeah. <laughs> um, like this is like an American director doing something about like uh, uh, what's an Italian thing? <laughs> uh, uh, the mob. I guess the the mob, yeah. yeah, yeah, but like a a white guy, like it's a white dude, yeah, from the um, suburbs doing this shit about the mob, yeah. Uh, and it's like you know the the term spaghetti western is like kind of it started derogatory, like it was meant like it was like people in America like these movies were being made in Italy, mm-hmm. they were like a lot cheaper. You know, they were maybe a bit more like, uh, I don't, maybe not slapped together, but, you know, like, uh, yeah, I guess cheaper, you know, is it like cheaper? They were grittier. They were a lot more violent. They were just like seen as trashy, you know, B movies coming over from Italy. Like they, it, it's um, interesting as we start to talk about, you know, uh, the star of this movie, Clint Eastwood. Is it like, when I was reading about his career, it, it made me think of all things of Rick Dalton from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was just thinking about Rick Dalton right now. <laughs> I wanted to, I was trying to find no, a joke that I could go, say. They, they want me to go make Italian westerns. And like, you know, because Clint Eastwood, like, he was before this, you know, like, if you look up, like, there's like, this is such a turning point in his career. Like, because before this, like, you know, the um, I mean, the Western genre, like in the like 30s, 40s and 50s was like fucking everywhere. It was like, I don't want to say it was like the superhero movies of back then, because that's not like an entirely accurate statement. But like it, it, it sort of was, you know, it's hard to say. But like he was on the show Rawhide, which is another weird connection. They sing the theme song in Blues Brothers. But he was on the show Rawhide. And in that, like, if you look up a picture of him in that, it's like very much, you know, like what I've been talking about, like the sort of clean cut, handsome. Um, God, he's handsome in that show. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, he's he looks great in this. Yeah. he's a, Like, I looks, want to look like him. Game recognized. If, game if I ever wanted to be white, I'd be like, I want to look like Clint Eastwood in yeah. The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. <laughs> uh and like, you know, he like kind of like Rick Dalton, you know, like had like this successful TV show he was on. But like, I don't think that like, you know, the jump to Hollywood was, you know, really working for him. So like he gets this offer to go to Italy and star in like, um, you know, uh, some Italian Westerns. <laughs> and like, it's sort of like the good, ver- like the happy ending version of the Rick Dalton storyline of Once Upon a Dime in Hollywood, because it works out you know tremendously he, he goes to italy like a c-list like tv actor and comes back the fucking man with no name you know like, yeah yeah like uh the first one he does he meets sergio leone who directs good the bad the ugly but before this they do, do um i always get it mixed up they do a fistful of dollars and then for a few dollars more and like you know he you know eastwood like talked about like he was kind of like Part of what attracted him to Fistful of Dollars, like he said, in Rawhide, I got tired of playing the conventional white hat, which is like the term they use to describe the good guy in these things. Yeah. You know, the good guy wears a white hat, bad guy wears a black hat, you know. Yeah. The hero who kisses ladies, you know, pets dogs was kind to everyone. 
I decided it was time to be an anti-hero. And like he has a hand in creating this like persona. Like he decides like on the smoking the cigars. Like that was like his like thing. Cause he wanted it. Cause you know, back in America, the good guy's not allowed to smoke or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, I just, I'm trying to like. And then like he, sure. like you said, he comes out the man with no name. Yeah. And then this is hit. Like this is the rest of his career. That's him. If you think yeah. of Clint Eastwood, this is what you think of him with the poncho. Yeah, you know? like and it's the hard cigar to in his mouth. Yeah, and the beard. You know, that's him. We always talk about like it's like, and when you're watching a movie and you can see someone in real time like become like a movie star. You know, and for me, like I think it's the moment when like the camera pans up to reveal him at the end of the movie and now wearing the poncho. You know? mm. Like in the graveyard is just so like it's 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 like a it's like a like um like a putting on the like spider spider man making his costume yeah, type yeah. moment like yeah. putting it on for the first time yeah <laughs> and it's like um well just to talk about real quick like this trilogy the I think it's called it's called like the dollars trilogy or the man with no name trilogy you know in fistful for a few dollars more and good to bad the ugly he plays like the same character, this, you know, the man with no name. Um, and I think the reasoning for it, I could be getting it wrong, but I believe the chronological order of the trilogy is this one, Fistful, and then for a few dollars more. This one's a prequel. Okay. And that's because they wanted to set it during the Civil War, but the first mm-hmm. two take place after the Civil War. So that's why <laughs> this one's a prequel. But it's also like, there's like an, a sort of accidental story arc to them and that in this movie he's kind of like uh you know he's he's a criminal like he's running scams like he's betraying people he's he's in it for the money but in the other ones like he's becoming like more of a hero i guess like um uh the first one also and like real quick this is a little unrelated talk about like the samurai and um like cowboy connection the first one is like essentially a remake of Akira Kurosawa's Yojimbo to the point that I think Kurosawa like tried to sue them. Oh shit. But the thing is like, and <laughs> Yojimbo is kind of sort of like, if not completely ripping off the plot of a novel that takes place in the West, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's this weird, like kind of back and forth, like I like Kurosawa and like John Ford both admitted and Leone all like kind of admitted to borrowing from each other, you know? Mm-hmm. like uh you know you compare like Clint Eastwood standing there with like his like poncho billowing in the wind to like you know the samurai like standing with like they're they're like robes billowing. yeah 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 you know? like, like the, the fucking, wide shot yeah with the samurai sword like in their hand and then yeah, you yeah. got you got Clint Eastwood like <laughs> with the gun yeah <laughs> and it's the same like it like sort of um like in like samurai duels don't last long you know the, like the sword fights take like five seconds so like it's yeah. all about the build-up to it you know it's about like that intensity of like staring each other down yeah you know and like in this movie it's <laughs> i think like the most extreme example of it and it like they stare each other down for like seven minutes yeah <laughs> which is <sighs> yeah yeah kissing my hands like an italian chef um so you know they have the first two and they're like they're like big hits in both Italy and America, even though like critically in America, like they're kind of looked down on. Um, really? 
yeah like again it's like is it racist i guess i don't know like people are like ah it's spaghetti western it's definitely racist it's definitely (laughs) racist (laughs) but yeah the first two are uh you know big hits and what sorry hang on i just saw like a section of clint eastwood's um wikipedia that says musical career did he try to do some country music you know like yeah like another like kind of thing of this genre was like the um uh like the singing cowboy oh like woody yeah kind of like woody yeah woody's kind of like uh similar that sounds like ass that sounds terrible (laughs) um i'm trying to think if there's like any like uh uh like in Rio Bravo, there's like not the main guy, but like one of the side characters is has a is like a singer, and there's like I was seen in the movie where he sings a song. Like fucking, I forgot. Dean Martin is like the second lead in Rio Bravo, the John Wayne movie. Uh huh. Which um, I'm gonna look up Clint Eastwood singing real quick. Uh, have Have you seen Hail Caesar? Uh uh-uh, uh, I haven't. I have not. Um, there's like a singing cowboy actor in that one. Um uh anyway um just trying to make sure i'm not skipping over anything i want to talk about i'll, I'll, I'll speed it up <laughs> they 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 uh you know um they give leone like it's like i'm trying to i think it's like like 20 uh oh my god no <laughs> the budget is 1.2 million dollars oh my god how much is that inflated like 20 or like 10 let me see how much is it's about 8.5 million today that's still not much that's still not a lot (laughs) what the fuck yeah (laughs) which um and you're giving it to a guy who does spaghetti westerns yeah like this this is is a parody you know yeah this is an italian production you know it's that's crazy this is like international like in like yeah it's man like um and it also like just speaking of his style, like Leone is interestingly like a perfectionist, and I think you could that's something that kind of comes across. Like it's for him, like he would like the well. Uh, one thing you texted me about, and I had sort of forgotten about because I hadn't seen the movie in a while. But like a lot of the dialogue is out of sync, you know. Yeah. Either like just the English actors are like well, because like you know, there's like actors from like all over the fucking world, <laughs> like. And Sergio Leone barely speaks English. Like, there's a, a thing where, like, um, Eli Wallach, who plays Tuco, like, could speak French as a second language, and so could Sergio Leone. So they, it was easier for them to communicate in French than it was in English. <laughs> Which it so, like, adds so much to it because it kind of, like, reminds you, just reminding you, this is a old movie. Like, this is yeah. a very old movie. Yeah. A lot of the dialogue is out of sync, but, like, that was for a variety of reasons. The main one being like, it's like an international production. So like uh, Eastwood who plays Blondie, Wallach who plays Tuco and Lee Van Cleff who plays uh, Angel Eyes. Like they're all English, you know, they're speaking English, but like most of the like side characters and people they meet are like speaking Italian. And they're like the, the fucking, the, the war generals are like American war generals and they are not speaking English. You can clearly <laughs> tell they're not speaking English. They're like clearly they are Ital- dark skinned like actors. <laughs> yeah, the clearly Italian uh, union captain, you know, yeah. at the end of the movie, who <laughs> like looks like he should be in like the Godfather or something. Yeah. Know? Like, and so like 
it was like they all just spoke whatever language they could and it would just get dubbed over later and like even the english even but even the guys like almost like very little like onset audio was actually used because leone liked to both blast like um the composer Ennio morricone who like as good as this movie is he's like 40 percent of the reason it's like beloved i think you know um wrote all the music beforehand just like to get like a vibe mm-hmm. you know and like yeah. leone would blast it on set oh that's cool you know like uh the two i think like the final duel in the scene where tuca's running through the graveyard like he was just blasting that music to try and but if i him. did that they'd call my movie shit <laughs> we don't know until we try it <laughs> we shape i mean <laughs> it's <laughs> Moises Camacho fired off of the Safety Bros <laughs> produced film for just blasting Donda during things. <laughs> and but he also like uh, again he was such a perfectionist that, like he liked to yell shit at the actors or like give them notes while they were performing to like get them in like the right mind like yeah you know yell like sadder or like you know give me more like so like and he know, would keep it rolling He'd yeah keep, keep it rolling roll. yeah keep it yeah. rolling. Which is, I, I said it was interesting. It's interesting because, like, already Clint Eastwood kind of doesn't want to be in this movie. Because, you know, the first He's like, one... damn, he, this marks that my career's failing. A little bit. It's yeah. not so much the Rick Dalton thing of, like, it, I'm failing. But it's it's more he said, like, in the first one, I'm the star. In the second one, for a few dollars more, it's him and Lee Van Clef, who in this okay. one is the bad guy. But is playing a different character in that one. Okay, okay. You know, <laughs> um. And now in this one, he's like, I'm sharing the spotlight with two other people. With two other people. <laughs> he demanded, I'm going to, I need to try and find what exactly he was paid. Cause it's kind of funny. Um, let's see. Uh, he, well, the royalties are going to be rolling in until the day he dies. Yeah, he got a percentage based salary for this one. Um, uh, let's see. Okay. He got paid. He played hard to get, you know, his exact quote and said, he said his exact quote, because uh, he wasn't happy with the script. He was worried he'd be upstaged by the character of Tuco. He said, in the first film, I was alone. In the second, there was two. And now here, there are three. If it goes on this way, in the next one, I'll be starring alongside the American Calvary. <laughs> <laughs> but he inflated his earnings. Like, he got a nicer contract. He got paid $250,000. Uh, he got a Ferrari and <laughs> 10% of the earnings. In the Holy States. shit. That's dope. <laughs> And just, like, to kind of, like, show the difference in, like, experiences these men had. Eastwood, in between takes, would practice his golf swing. Oh, um, shit. He did not give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I think is, like, a kind of a beautiful accident because you can, like, it just comes across that he kind of doesn't give a fuck. He's it, pissed. Like, he looks pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and he just settled into that mode his whole the rest of his life. Um uh, Eastwood would relax and practice his golf swing, says Wikipedia. Eli Wallach was almost poisoned during filming when he accidentally drank from a bottle of acid that a film technician had set next to his soda bottle. Why'd he have bottle acid? I don't know. <laughs> and it was also like, you know, Wallach has said that, you know, while he thinks Leone was brilliant, he said he was kind of lax about like the whole safety part of things. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, the scene where he like gets hanged and like the horse underneath him bolts 
Um, uh, the like horse was frying a little too well and it galloped for about a mile while he was still on the horse and his hands were tied behind his back. Holy shit. <laughs> Which is so, that's like a good like 10 minutes of just like trying to keep your balance. That's like a comedy bit. Yeah. It's like a jackass bit. They do that in jackass. Yeah. And then, um, also the bit, like there's the bit where like he uses the train to sever the chain. Uh-huh. And like he wasn't told um, about like these like iron steps that were jutting out of every car. And like if he had stood up at the wrong time, he could have been decapitated. Yeah. Holy fuck. Which kind of like comes like what it's one of those things like in these old movies, you watch someone do that and you're like, oh, they had to actually do that. Yeah. They had to like get right under the train. Yeah. Weirdly, no one was hurt during the big explosion, though. <laughs> there was literally a rock that landed like. A couple feet away from Clint Eastwood. I was like, what the fuck? I saw that. There's that could have been the end of him. Yeah. Like a piece of fucking like splintered wood just impales Eastwood. Like, (laughs) yeah, that like, you know how like the next scene is like them waking up because they like went to sleep in that position. Yeah. Like they cover (laughs) their head and they like sleep, I guess. And then wake up. (laughs) <laughs> they did that. That actually happened. That's <laughs> Clint Eastwood just went to sleep to fucking yeah. avoid any accidental death that could have happened. <laughs> and like, uh, just in one more quick thing. Um, one thing I think is like, uh, I'm, ch- I meant to like double check in, but like, I believe something I read about Ennio Morricone, who is like, you know, very iconic po- composer, especially in like this genre for his work with like. Uh, he also did the first two movies in this trilogy. He does Once Upon a Time in the West. Like, one thing I think that makes his music so unique is that, like, you know, these movies are low budget. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're kind of cheap, even by today's standards, like, or standards back then. So his, uh, he can't afford, like, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra or whatever. Yeah. So a lot of it is, like, whatever instruments he can get his hands on. Or, like, people he would, like, I think I read, like, I don't know for this movie, but, like, he would just hire people off the street, like, street performers to come in and, like, you know, record shit. And that's why, like, you know, that iconic, like, you know, the opening theme, there's, like, some instruments where I, like, I was watching, I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> One of those movies that is, like, it's it's a fantastic movie, but, like, if you took away the music, like, it might be bad. You know, it's one of those things. It would, if not bad, it would at the very least be very awkward. Like, <laughs> right. Like if this was had a shitty score, you'd be like, damn, that's a shame. Cause like, this is <laughs> one of the best looking right, movies yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Kind of known as like hallmarks of this sort of genre. Like Leone's style is like wide, wide, like, you know, landscapes or like just extreme like close-ups, you know. He does a lot of damn zooming in and yeah. it's so fucking good. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah. They do a little zoom in and then move the camera along with oh I love yeah. it. I it's, love it so much. Yeah. It's it's so, so modern. It's timeless. It's yeah. fucking timeless. It's what this is it feels modern because this is like what everyone's like paying homage to or ripping off. Yeah. Yeah. Like ah oh, gosh. Like, uh, one thing, like, you know, I think they talked about, like, that takes a lot of inspiration from this is, like, Breaking Bad. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. whole, like, you know, um, not just in terms of, like, the why, like, let's try and make Albuquerque look like a Leone movie, you know. But, like, also, like, the, the de- tension like, in, like, every scene ever. <laughs> yeah, I think of, like, 
I don't know if this is like a connection to make, but like I remember I took a class and learned about there's something like in a post-war film movement that's like Italian neorealism, which is like kind of what it sounds like, movies that are dedicated to being as realistic as possible. Like the most famous, like there's some movie they make a lot of freshman film students watch called Umberto D where like there's an entire scene that's like a woman getting ready. Like it's just like mm-hmm. her morning routine, like uninterrupted yeah, yeah, for like yeah. six minutes, you know? And like, I think there's like elements of that in this and it like, you know, it just like, it takes its time, you know? Like it, it moves so like methodically. Like um, I'm trying to like, uh, like the opening of this is like, you know, the men like just slowly walking into this bar, like not a word is spoken. They go inside the bar. There's like a bunch of gunshots and then Tuco like crashes out the window, you know? And it's a freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So wild. <laughs> so wild. Um, yeah, I think that the, it's weird, too, that the point you said is, like, the reason why it feels timeless is because everyone's paying homage to this, which is weird that this movie is, like, timeless and is, a cla- is the, like, the classic because, yeah. like, it's so specific. It is su- such a specific movie, mm-hmm. such specific aesthetics and vibes and sound and acting and just visuals but like this influenced every single movie like afterwards yeah everything and this yeah like um i uh i think something i was going to say a while ago is like this movie is also kind of representative of like what's going on in hollywood at the time where it's like things are getting gritty like you know vietnam's going on like things are well, yeah the gritty. 70s are about to come the yeah. 70s are here. Like, we're, like, what, like, six years away from Taxi Driver when this yeah. movie comes out, you know? Yeah. Like, Bonnie and Clyde's about to get nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like, or speaking of Westerns, like, The Wild Bunch, which is just, like, a incredibly violent movie. Yeah, because, like, uh, I said a little bit earlier, that when watching this, I, I really, really thought it was way older. I thought this yeah. was, like, an old, 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 old movie. And then seeing it 67, 66, I was like, this makes so much sense. Like that explains why the 70s is widely referred to the best decade of movies. Yeah. Like you get this. And then there's a whole generation of filmmakers that are like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like that's possible. And they go on to to like copy that feeling, but (laughs) like entirely different stories. Yeah. Now these are American directors like. Tr- like showing how they feel as well yeah because of this movie and because of the world war and mm-hmm. damn yeah yeah one of the biggest like i mean uh tarantino like one of the biggest like influences i guess like like why one of the biggest copycats like, yeah copycats like very influenced by this like genre and a lot of like it's like elements you know yeah like django unchained is him it's, it's fucking, his spaghetti western yeah django Hateful is really a spaghetti like the original Django yeah. like in the 60s is a spaghetti western and like he borrows the name and like it has because he's such a fucking dweeb has like the original actor like play you know show up but what is the original Django he's like a bounty hunter oh okay 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 but like he just borrowed the name like it's yeah, a yeah, name yeah, and yeah. profession only and you know yeah. <laughs> making this in a Django and Chain. Yeah, because Django Unchained was my favorite Tarantino for a long time. Mine too. <laughs> for a very long time. I love that movie so much. Yeah. Um, and uh, just like uh, 
another thing I wanted to say about the legacy before we could talk about like the actual meat of the movie more is like uh, just like talking about like Leone's perfectionist style, like doing hundreds of takes or whatever, you know, just like trying to get the most minute details right. It's very telling then that like after this, you know, Clint Eastwood starts directing his own movies and he, you know, he's very like famous or infamous for being like one take, two takes maximum, you know, <laughs> because yeah. like he 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 spent like a fucking year in the desert with this maniac. <laughs> He's like, I'm not doing that. But and like, then he makes another fuck. That's crazy. I need to watch Once Upon a Time in America. That shit is that fucking three hours long. I think that's Leone's last movie, right? Because he, he died right after that, I think. It's almost four hours long. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he died five years after that. Yeah. It's also like kind of <laughs> it is it is a little fun, like you know Leone and Eastwood kind of had a falling out because like they all were, were kind of like being like kind of pissy towards each other because like uh, Leone makes Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with uh, De Niro and he's like now that's a real actor you know <laughs> Clint Eastwood just stares you know De Niro acts like I think yeah. there's like some quotes he only made eight movies that's crazy yeah. yeah. He got, oh, yeah. And like speaking of like, yeah, just like the Italian neorealism thing, he was an assistant to the director of a Bicycle Thieves, which is like the most famous, I think, film of that movement. Yeah. The neorealism uh, movement. Yeah. Anyway, like and just speaking of like, you know, the grittiness or like the violence of this movie compared to like, you know, in like other like Westerns from like, let's say like the 30s or 40s, like you introduce a bad guy by like having him hold up like. A, a bank or like a family you know and it's like i'm or and, and he's said like i'm kidnapping your daughter or whatever like ties her up throws him over the, the her over the horse rides away you know or whatever and this like they introduced the bad guy by like having him mow down a family <laughs> and like <laughs> goes and like puts a pillow over a guy's head and shoots it <laughs> like yeah like this this uh this guy doesn't fuck around this guy <laughs> That was the thing I like too about it, like the good. Like this guy's also a fucking shitty person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's far from good, you know. Yeah, but he's like the most good that we get. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's he, it's like a he's uh, kind of neutral. Like he doesn't. He he's doesn't noble. Do he's noble. Yeah. yeah, he has like a code of honor. Yeah, yeah. Which is like you know, and uh, and of course in the other movies he's more like outwardly heroic. But like, you know, still kind of like an anti-hero. Like, yeah. Uh, let's see. I well, yeah, like I wrote down, I forgot, like, oh yeah, I uh, I didn't I didn't take too many notes of this because I just kind of got caught watching the movie, you know? Yeah, me too. Here's here's my note I want to show it to you. My one note. Oh, you can't read it. Finale looks fake. No other way to describe it. That's that's my one note. <laughs> I have no idea how to describe the, the finale. Think, yeah. Um, just like little moments I want to highlight along the way. Uh, first, like you sent a Snapchat video of it to me, but like Clint, Clint's entrance in this is just like so bad. <sighs> God, <laughs> like, it's so good. We see it like he does the quick draw. Like we don't even see his face, you know. We do, but like we know it's him. Yeah. Um, I like. Uh, there's like a. Uh, there's something interesting. Like watching it now with an adult brain. There is like kind of an interesting thing about like, tell me if this doesn't make sense, like labor and risk and like the relationship between like an employer and employee, you know? 
<laughs> you know what, what? What part are you referencing? Okay, because in the beginning we see Blondie, Clint Eastwood, and Tuco have this like dynamic where oh. Tuco gets caught. You know, he has uh-huh. a bounty on his head. He's about to get hanged. Whenever he's about to get hanged, Blondie shows up, shoots the rope. They run away, split the money. Mm-hmm. Now, Tuco is do is putting himself at risk. He's the risk. You know, he's putting his literal neck on the line. But Blondie provides the skill. You know, it's he's the like I guess quote unquote skilled laborer. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, and so there is like an a sort of like imbalance of power in that you know, you know, Tuco could just die. Like he's putting his life in Blondie's hands, but like. Blondie also still needs to go because, you know, if he doesn't have someone to turn in, he doesn't get any money. Yeah. I, I don't like, I was just thinking about like how, like I, what did I write down? Um, like, and then especially like once it gets to where like, you know, Blondie abandons Tuco in the desert, then Tuco like gets his revenge. But then it turns out that like they go on this treasure hunt. This is like $200,000, which I'm going to look at this up real quick now because I was curious, like how much the money they're after is worth like today is okay. It's like $6.5 million. So, you know, there's, there's like uh, $200,000 in his past money in a, in a cemetery. Tuco knows where, which cemetery it's at, but Blondie knows the name of the grave it's at. So there is like this sort of like weird, like, I guess symbiotic relationship, but it's still like they don't fully trust each other. They're sort of compelled to work with each other. Like I wrote down, I this is like a movie that's about what it's like <laughs> about how we don't we have to depend on people we don't even like in order to make enough money to survive. You know, that's just like life. It's like working a shitty job with like someone you don't like, but you know, like you gotta like stick it through. Like you, you hate him, and you. Kind of you 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 you're aiming the gun at him like you yeah. could kill him if you really wanted to or you could let him die. Yeah. Like, fuck, I I do need this paycheck. I, <laughs> I do need this paycheck. Yeah. Let's get let's get this bread. <laughs> uh, Waking up at seven six in the morning on a Tuesday. Let's get this bread. I guess. Fuck <laughs> no. Um. That that was just something I was thinking about while watching like the first half of this movie. Another bit that, like, I don't know why, every time I watch this, it's just, like, hypnotic is this part where he, like, builds his gun. Mm. You it know? looks so like, cool. I feel yeah. uh, like I want to do that. <laughs> Me too. In, like, Red Dead or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They tried, I think, because in Red Dead 2, they have a very robust, like, customization. customization. I think that's, they're trying to chase that high, you know. But Yeah. It, but, like, his gun, I was like, that's cool. It's, like, black and gold and, like, yeah. the parts are mismatched and yeah. it's really cool. Love that little shopkeep too. There's so many like little, like weird faces in this movie. Just like that, that that Union War General at the end. That that dude yeah. is like my favorite. He's he's the fucking best. He has this like crazy dialogue about like the intricacies of war and why <laughs> life doesn't matter. <laughs> he just like, goes out and we don't see him. And then ten minutes later, we see him. And he dies. We see his death yeah. scene. But like his the satisfaction he gets. Like his final like moment of peace is watching a bridge get blown to Kingdom Come. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and taking like a sip of alcohol, it's magical. Uh, yeah. There's like so many, and I think that's in a lot of Leone's. Like, uh, once upon a time in um, the West comes to mind. Like, there's so many like 
just like little scenes that carry like so much emotional weight to them. Just like little like characters you only see then and you never see again. But like, you're like, man, I felt like I just spent like a whole day with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, I keep bringing it up, but I mean, I, I want to, it's a part of that. I liked about it is like, um, so you have these like grand, very grand, magnificent shots, mm-hmm. but then there are the shots that remind me, obviously like they are, influenced by this eventually but like remind me of like altman and like safties the way they like have shit zoomed in and instead of like cutting and going to a different shot it's just like hey let's just move the camera along let's pan the camera yeah. along with them let's yeah. like that's what this shit reminds me of so fucking much it's that's- this realism element that that is there even though it's such a magical romantic movie mm-hmm so, yeah, that's like uh, just like speaking of that, you, you remind me. I wanted to talk about like mention like, like the shot behind. I'm sorry, let me cut you yeah, off. No, no, go for the it. The shot yeah. behind you. Oh, so if good. the Safties did a western, they wouldn't have a shot like that. No, there's so many elements like mixed in in this movie of realism and just like dramaticness and yeah. action. It's amazing. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. like um, one thing I was thinking about because it's also a scene I wanted to talk about because it really jumped out at me this time, but like. Watching like this or like older movies and like one thing I feel I like I feel like we've a lot of like modern filmmakers have like kind of started to like move away from or like forget maybe is like getting the most out of like a single shot and that like you know get like we talked about with Spielberg he's like incredible at like having like a minute and a half like long take but like there's like five different compositions within it yeah. like moving the actors in relation to the camera. And like the part I think about when moving the about, environment, moving yeah, everything. It's just the part where like Tuco is like outside in the chapel in the hallway, like waiting to hear if Blondie's going to be okay. And it's like, it's like this like wide shot of him, like, you know, kneeling, like it gets a little closer when he talks to like the monk or whatever. And then it moves to position like this painting of Jesus behind him, you know? Mm-hmm. And that scene, like one thing, like I remember like <laughs> when I saw this as a kid, like, you know, like when you see stuff as a kid, you don't fully comprehend every like thing in it, you know, like every like plot or character detail, you know. But for some reason, I clearly remembered like the argument with his brother at the chapel. Like that, that's a weird I, scene I, to remember. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I, well, it wasn't like, you know, the just like in terms like I remember like as a kid, like I'm comprehending every single part of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like because it's it's just so sad like yeah it's sad and simple i get like yeah. it explains tuco a little bit like this yeah. is a sad and damaged man yeah and like kind of like playing into like oh a word like that i came across this time in like talking about like the majesty or like the you know the the i love the word you use romantic kind of like feeling of like there's also this like kind of existential quality to like not just this movie, but like the genre as a whole, you know, like these like lone men, these lone figures, like in these like desolate landscapes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It feels. And they literally pointed out in this movie, he's like, this is a death land. Even the even the army wouldn't like march across this desert. Yeah. It's yeah. going to take you 100 hours to go through yeah. every single mile of this desert. Yeah. There's like this feeling like the like, I don't know if themes of word but like the thing i thought of while watching it is like this is like a movie about like damaged violent people in a time where like it's like literally hell on earth you know like mass death mass destruction with the civil war for like 
trying to eke out like a, an existence, you know, like a better life, you know? Yeah. Like it is something like, it's so like galaxy brain, like, like I had the whole movie, you know, they keep talking about like the treasures at this graveyard, it's at the cemetery. And then to have like the finale of the movie take place with them literally surrounded by the dead. It's just so like, ooh. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, it I and I think like to go back, that's what I think I kind of agree with you when you say like it looks fake, like when they're standing in the middle of the cemetery, like perfectly surrounded by like these circles of graves. I had to pause it. I was like, is this green screen? I was like, no, this isn't green screen, but like, what the fuck is happening? It just <laughs> It looks like I've even though we've I've seen this imagery all throughout my life. It looks like I've never seen it before, ever, <laughs> ever. The the only the only stuff I've really seen of this is obviously like the pictures of uh, Mister Eastwood in like the poncho smoking the cigar yeah. mm-hmm. or drawing his gun, and then obviously the the standoff, the Mexican standoff. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen anything else. I didn't know what the fuck this movie was about. I had no <laughs> clue what it was about. The treasure hunt. It's a treasure hunt. I had no clue that's what it was about. Yeah. Um, it, Which I'm yeah, very it, glad I didn't. Uh-huh. There's this thing of like, with like, you know, um, yeah, like going back to the brother scene, like I, another bit I love is like, and just talking about how like these are weirdo, like, you know, these are like, you know, dangerous, violent men. Like, you know, Blondie and Tuco are like screwing each other over every chance they get. <laughs> like, yeah. But they're still kind of like the only people they've got you know mm-hmm. like and tuco says as much but he's like clearly trying to bullshit blondie but like it really like there's a real like the part i love is like when they're riding away like blondie saw the whole thing go down with tuco and his brother like they get into an actual fight you know and they like on bad like both of their like tuco's parents died and he wasn't there you know that kind of thing and like while they're riding away, Tuco like gives on this whole bullshit, like, ah, you know, my brother, you know, I know someone's always out there that's gonna blah blah blah, you know, take care of me. Yeah. And like it's like such a <laughs> it's such a guy moment to like see through your friend's bullshit, but you know you shouldn't call them out on it. And so he just like he says, just offers him the cigar. Weirdly as a kid, and even now it's like one of my favorite moments in the entire thing, you know, because it's <laughs> like you just see Tuco like kind of go like. Well, that whole thing's a bust, all right? Now, I, this treasure's what I got, you know? I'm going to get... Yeah, you say, you say, you, you're having a bad day. You want you want to smoke with me? You want to smoke yeah. with me? <laughs> um, like, uh, and yeah, like, also, like, just in terms, of, like, the existential, like, all the stuff in the war camps, like, there's both, like, they end up in a POW camp by the Union, but they also end up helping the Union. Like, you know, they, they don't have a side in the whole thing. Like, they'll, they'll play whoever's helping them, you know? Um, yeah, the, the, to mention that too, this movie's funny. Like, there's a lot yeah. of comedy in it. It's yeah. a funny movie. Kind of, yeah, dark sense of humor, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, like, he blasts the guy, you know, through the bathtub. Like, you know, this guy's, like, about to get his revenge on Tuco, who ruined his life. And Tuco just shoots him through the bathwater. And he says, like, it's better to, like, yeah. kill than to talk or some shit. Yeah, he says, if you're going to shoot, shoot, don't talk. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Which George Lucas, you know, not steals, borrows, you know, for Han Solo's introduction. <laughs> and, um, uh, fuck the, oh, the, the music. We haven't really talked about the music that much. Like, this is, 
It's so good. Wonderful. It's just wonderful. Like mm. a joy to my ears. Grandiose. There's like three, three themes they use repeatedly, and they're the fucking best, the best things ever. Yeah. Uh, classic. It's just an absolute classic. Yeah. One that jumped out to me this time was like, there's that like kind of sad one that plays like when they're at the camp, you know, while he's getting tortured, mm-hmm. which is. It's cool. cool. It, it feels like the they're performing it like yeah. right there. Yeah. It's that's just great. God, that's a great way to put like even at the end, you know, when um the uh, the ecstasy of gold is like the name of the track, you know, that gets used in all the car commercials. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah like when like he's running through the graveyard it just it oh. feels like he's performing it somehow you know like it's yeah. that's some of the best like editing ever oh, yeah it's so fucking good yeah it's Ugh. just like you know like the the old west would be this is be such a shitty time to be alive mm-hmm. and like this is like them like trying to chase this gold is like them like trying to like stave off death a little bit longer than it would it would have been before you know yeah and it's uh, i mean like i wrote down during the final duel it's just big dick filmmaking you know (laughs) (laughs) like i I mean we i had to watch that scene and like break it down in like my editing class freshman year because like it's just so like you know and that the music of that is also just like galaxy brain right like (laughs) Um, that like when it gets to the bit where they're like all in like a standoff you know like uh, like my background you know they're all in like this these different sides of the circle and it's just like cutting back and forth between them like the the editing is following their eyes like you know who's looking where like what is like you know there's levels like it's like there's like three, you know, Tuco is like freaking the fuck out because he's like way in way over. He knows he's in way over his head dealing with these two guys. Like uh, Angel Eyes is like, are these two still working together? You know, who mm-hmm. do I need to worry about? And but and just nothing from Blondie. You know, he's yeah. got this. He's got he's got a plan. You know, mm-hmm. it's his game. We're all just playing it. You know, and it's just like it gets like um. I saw a breakdown of it a while ago. Like each shot is like the same amount of length, like mathematically the same length. And it just like kind of slowly starts getting shorter and shorter, you know? So they're each given this like equal amount of time to like stare each other down and like try and figure each other out. And (laughs) I feel like this is one of those movies, like the shining where they probably have examined it like as crazy as possible um because watching it i'm like there's not much to it it's just like a pretty straightforward plot plot it's a western you know but i know damn well this is like well it has to be one of the most examined films ever has to be (laughs) like i saw um a recent thing that they started doing for the shining another like crazy thing they started doing is like someone decided hey let me play the shining and then Play it overlay over yeah overlay on top of it play it backwards and like some of the scenes yeah, match insane. up and you're like what the fuck why and i i can just sense that they're doing this for this movie <laughs> like they they are like hey look at this color than this and then also if you think about it that character is referencing this character and but i don't want to watch it like that not a movie like this no fucking way and it sucks because i didn't watch this properly i watched it on my goddamn laptop 
over the course I of was. two days. Like I split, I, I kept pressing pause I, and stuff. I did too. I did. Too. Yeah, but I felt bad. Like this is the first time I'm watching this. Like I, I, I should have, you know. Yeah, definitely, see. definitely. I want, I want to, I, I want to see this at like you know, like the seventy millimeter festival. Yeah, yeah. Like it fun. sucked that I watched it like this the first yeah, time. Yeah, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. Um, how how fuck. How the hell did people react to this? Like, <laughs> I think it was oh like, my God, like, like, um, like financially and like with audiences, it was successful. Like, you know, this is the movie that's credited with making Clint Eastwood into a, a bona fide star. Uh-huh. Where so like, like where like people orgasming like in the in the theaters. I know I was like seizuring like, holy shit, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> um let's see um like i i mean the bit where like the music's like at its and it's it's like the dun, 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 dun like it's just cutting back and forth it's getting so fast like that's just like i'm like on my couch just like you know <laughs> yeah uh but uh what was let me see um critical opinion was mixed at first people looked down on spaghetti westerns yeah it was it also just received criticism for like how violent it was, which it's not even that violent. There's no blood. There's nah. no fucking blood. But like, like you texted me, like a lot of people die. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people die. A lot of people. I yeah. wish there was more blood, though. Are we like starting to wrap up? I feel, I feel like, yeah, like, I, I think so. Well, like I, um, I just want to say, like, just to wrap up, like, uh, I, ha- I had this like list of like western genre movies that i love that i wanted to mention uh i I have four more i'll just rattle off real quick um if you like good the bad the ugly watch unforgiven which is directed by clint eastwood um probably like we're we're talking about like the revisionist western like the kind of more violent gritty and that's like the ultimate example of that Mm -hmm. it's like clint eastwood he's done this a couple times by now but like it's the first time Clint Eastwood was like had the you know was like he's saying goodbye to like this archetype that made him who he was you know that's like him saying goodbye to like the cowboy character and like uh if nothing I guess it reminds me like Unforgiven the whole movie is pretty good but like the last 10 minutes are like incredible you know it's like one it's kind of like the good, the bad, the ugly. I think the whole movie's incredible, but like even if the first two and a half hours were dog shit and it's had the exact same finale, you know, it'd still be great. <laughs> like how who's in that? Unforgiven? Yeah. Uh Morgan Freeman is okay. So that's the one where it's like he, the, they're two like retired bounty hunters, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, Gene Hackman is the villain in that okay. or antagonist. I can't I, it's it's complicated, you know, it's kind of morally complicated. <laughs> yeah, he's a villain um then um uh another one like i guess a revisionist and that it's like kind of a parody uh blazing saddles mm-hmm. uh, mel brooks movie uh it's just really funny <laughs> rango rango sure i haven't seen rango in a while i need to watch it slaps great movie to fall uh, asleep too um it's not really revisionist but like um i fucking love tombstone which is like 90s act or 80s and 90s action movie sensibilities like mixed with like the western genre like it's got mm-hmm. like kurt russell as Wyatt Earp, um val kilmer as doc holiday who like 
Val Kilmer in Tombstone is low-key one of my favorite performances of all time. It's he's so fucking good. <laughs> um and then finally, like I just wanted to recommend because I think it's I think it's super underrated. Uh True Grit, the Coen Brothers remake. Um it's just a good ass movie. It's so fucking pretty, too. <laughs> Um, I'd like to recommend Rango, Back to the Future 3. Oh, what? I forgot. Um, That's on my Red list. Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, and I'm trying to think of like one more, you know, to sound smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Logan. Uh, no, I, Logan's not smart. Yeah. That's fake smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, go watch uh, uh, the first uh, first act of uh, Place Beyond the Pines. There you go. There's there's some there's some westerns for you. Wow, watch um, Heat. That's a western. It's yeah. in L.A. Sure. Okay. Oh, and uh, Tenet has some cowboy shit. And and <laughs> Tenet. Oh well, yeah, sure. actually, okay, yeah, shit. I wanted to talk about the ending of Tenet because, like, you know, with like that scene where they're all like, you know. Uh, John David Washington, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Robert Pattinson are like in the desert. Like no one said was like him trying to like be like sort of Leone esque, like in that it's like kind of romantic. <laughs> you know, this, Fate. yeah. Oh, oh gosh, I, I I keep seeing like I I've been getting TikToks about Tenet in my algorithm. Like it's really to me, yeah. Like people making tributes to like <laughs> Robert Pattinson's character. Like little fan cams, and I, the line is, um, he's what does he say? He says like he, he says something like it is what it is, or what's happened happened, which is an expression in the mechanics, which is an expression of faith in the mechanics of the universe. It's not an excuse to do nothing. And what song are they using? <laughs> I think like the one I remember is uh, you know the song somewhere only we know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm imagining like they should use like Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi. They should. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not on Film Talk. I get like, I don't get very many on it's my It's so annoying. For you it's page. so fucking annoying. Because every so often I'll get a TikTok that's just like, here's why Last Duel should have come out on streaming. And what like, the fuck? <laughs> it's like, here's why I should fat Albert out of my phone into your living room and beat the shit out of you. How's that feel? Fucking hell. You know the what weirdest I'm talking joke about you've ever made. That? That's the weirdest joke Albert. you've ever made. <laughs> such a weird like- joke. What the fuck? <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Should we um announce what we're doing next on this one? Yeah, we should. Um, We are... Uh, kind of continuing, uh, you know, this is sort of last minute, but we decided like we wanted to do something like, you know, because we spend like a year for Sandler and like half a year for Smith. You know, we we want to be able to get more in in a less amount of time. And so we're doing another feels wrong to call it a franchise. We're doing a series, I guess, um, a beloved first installment a sort of controversial second and third installment. And the fourth installment is about to hit theaters. Moises, what are we doing? You have something you want to read? Wake up, stargazing. We're entering the fucking matrix. We're going into the goddamn motherfucking matrix. We're taking 
the the pills both fuck it we'll take both pills we will see we're cross dosing we're taking the goddamn purple pill we are seeing everything we are measuring everything the first episode um is gonna be a weird one because it's gonna be hard to talk about it because it's my it's the best movie ever it's my favorite movie ever we're doing the matrix we're doing the matrix uh uh, reloaded the matrix revolutions and of course the not released not seen yet matrix resurrections yeah we're covering it we're covering it one of the biggest uh franchises ever series ever uh we're we're deciding to tackle it yeah and try to talk about it and one thing i'm kind of insecure about uh and is it like i worry sometimes like you know for especially these personal choices where it's a movie i picked i worry like sometimes that i talk more than moises and so uh the matrix series is probably going to be really good for that yeah that's that's your baby that's your because even then like i don't want to i don't want to put i don't want to put what what were you gonna say (laughs) i thought you were gonna say i don't want to talk more and i I was like you should that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say i and i don't want to put like words in your mouth but i feel like you might do a little bit more research than i do whenever we do something like this and I don't, I don't always like doing research, uh, especially like for this one. I kind of don't want to. I kind of want to just like say what's on my head, mm-hmm. and then like also have a link pulled up in the background. Yeah, because I, mean, I just I, have could, a lot of personal. This, yeah, we could tackle left brain, right brain. You know. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of personal opinions about it, um, uh, and it's gonna fuck. You know what, guys? It's getting philo- philosophical on the matrix yeah. okay it's gonna get it's, philosophical i'm excited for it because well we get to talk about one of the best movies ever made mm-hmm. we get to talk about a recent release which is like you know <laughs> until fucking ab sandler or will smith come out with another movie we don't get to do a whole lot you know yeah and i've also i've never seen the sequels so yeah uh i'm and I've heard like a, a wide range of opinions on them, you know, so I'm, I'm excited to fill that blind spot. You know, uh, while we're here, should we go ahead and announce what we're doing in January? Yeah. 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 We should, we should and uh, oh. announce the bonus episode when that's coming out. Oh yeah. Um, so just uh, a quick, like the next, like we'll <laughs> speed run the next two months of the show uh, next week, Thanksgiving weekend. If you need something to listen to while you're trying to hide from your family, we're going to have a pipe and hot plate of ratatouille ready for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about the Tui. Um, uh, Moises' final pick. And again, maybe the best movie we'll ever talk about on this show. Well, we're talking about The Matrix, so no. Okay, fair. Um, then the week after that, December 3rd, we are, I just had, okay, I just had a thought with finals week, we might want to switch around which week we were dropping to King Richard, but I'll. <laughs> well, we, I'll that's talk. what I'm saying. Like, so we, we can record it like now, like, cause I'm going to oh. go see it like oh, fucking yeah. tomorrow or Saturday. But my finals week is the week of the 17th. So it might December? be December. Yeah. Okay. So it might, so be, it might be easier to record it later. Is that what you're saying? No, record it now and just have it to drop then. It's yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was oh, saying. That's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Good. Gotcha. 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 Okay. So this. Yeah, we 3rd, could switch it around. We could switch yeah, it around. December third. Right now, we'll post a more official schedule later. But right now, December third, The Matrix. December tenth, uh, The Matrix. Revolution. Reloaded. Reloaded. My bad. Yeah. 
Then the week after that, uh, because it's my finals week and I might need a little break, we're dropping a bonus episode on King Richard, the new Will Smith movie, uh, which I've already seen at the time of recording. It's good. <laughs> it's good. I have it's not seen good. it. It's fine. Uh, um, then Christmas Eve, we're dropping The Matrix Revolutions. And then on New Year's Eve, December 31st, Matrix Resurrections. Yeah, baby. Then in January, mm. we're trying something new. We're trying something new. You need me to pull up, pull it up. Oh, wait, should I? Am I going to announce this too? <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything to read? I like, well, I'll just, um, here, I'll set up what it is. You know, there have been, there are some actors we want to talk about that like maybe don't either don't 100% fit the whole, you know, podcast about movie stars thing. Or in the case of this actor, it's just so long. They've been in so many movies and they're all like of a consistent enough quality that like it wouldn't be that exciting, you know? <laughs> there wouldn't be a roller coaster, which is what we like. But uh, one thing that we, Moises and I find really interesting is when an actor and a director uh, work together a lot and what they're and how uh, each of their collaborations sort of you know, act as like a little glimpse of like their careers and their their respective careers at different points in time. And um, do you have something to, Moises, or should I just say what it is? I don't have anything to read. It's just yeah. like, when, when we're talking about movie stars, this is like me and Kellen both share an affinity for this yeah. guy right here. Maybe I think the best actor right now. <laughs> Alive, yeah, prob- yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. Um, so one, and this is something I'm like excited to do more of, you know, but our first, like looking at director and mini, actor, like a mini series, mini, a mini series, director, actor collaborations. Um, what's it? I, I just, I'm just going to say Spike X Denzel. Yeah, We're looking at the Spike Lee Denzel Washington collaborations. Yeah. There's uh, four I'm of so them. Just, yeah. Four of them. It fits perfectly in the month of January. I'm so excited because I've I've only seen I've seen half of them and they're both like masterpieces. <laughs> um, I believe the order is yeah, uh, January seventh, Mo Better Blues, January fourteenth, Malcolm X, January twenty first, um, he got game, yeah, mm-hmm. and then last episode of January, Inside Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only seen Malcolm X and Inside Man, two bangers, but I, it's one of you know one of the best actors and one of the best directors working right now. Yeah, it's going to be our, our. We try to cover directors, but we never get to focus on them. Yeah, so we're well, finally we, going to be able to do it for both The Matrix and yeah, Spike Lee and Denzel. We can't really do directors without stepping on the toes of a bigger. <laughs> podcast yeah 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 <laughs> we're, we're trying to carve out our own space but this allows us to you know kind of get the best of both worlds like you mm-hmm. know, we love looking at the progressions and we love looking at actors and we love looking at directors and we get to do all three talk about one of our favorite actors and one of our favorite directors yeah and then um we got something cool in uh february and march but we can there's we got time it'll be another later. weird one because we're trying to branch out like you said yeah yeah <laughs> We're, 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 we're an open-minded podcast. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm excited. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to give us, uh, I guess just an interesting variety, uh, oh, yeah. under our belt 
and just like stuff to talk about. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's the future ahead of stargazing. Um, We've been done with Will Smith for two months. That's crazy. Yeah. Not two months. Fast and Furious. I'm sorry. Oh, fuck. I forgot. Holy shit. It's been like three and a half months. Not even. It's been like four months. Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. No, the last Bad Boys for Life was in Holy shit. That's insane. This year has flown by. No kidding. Good God. It feels like just yesterday we were starting the Will Smith series. Yeah, seriously. Like Wild Wild West is bright in my mind right now. It was about a year ago we were in, wrapping up uh, Sandler. Wow. Holy shit. Uh, I'm, we're going to wrap this episode of Stargazing Up uh, with um, some personal picks of ours. So, uh, sorry, not personal picks. Uh, media recommendation. Non uh, the good, the bad, the ugly uh media recognition it could be anything as long as it's not related to the good the bad and the ugly which uh could this be a week, movie it could be a movie it could be a book it could be a song an album a, a park a tv show maybe even a painting a poem what, what even a podcast uh some okay you could do podcast too like you do podcast uh it can be related to the good the bad and the ugly so that eliminates the western genre so sorry kellen you cannot recommend the western ah gotcha or any movie actually because every movie is influenced by this so that's true okay no movies actually not not this week i'll figure it out (laughs) um do you have one moises i need to think of one yes i do this no that's lame because everybody's been listening to that you recommend um, the Silk Sonic album? Yeah, I'm not really. I'm not. Fuck no. You guys listen to. You guys have already listened to that. Uh, the best taste in the world in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, go. Uh, oh, that's movie related. Oh, almost got me there. Can't recommend Red Dead. Oh, that's that's the good, the bad, the ugly. Oh, you can you can recommend Red Dead. Come on. No, that's related to the good, the bad, and the ugly. It is. <laughs> that's how I'm playing this I game. Thought- I thought we were moving away from like that. You just can't be thing. I thought we were just. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, no. Uh, go listen. I'm serious. It's not a joke. I'm serious. I'm serious right now. Like wholehearted, wholeheartedly recommending this. Mm-hmm. Go listen to some bangers off of the Minecraft soundtrack. That <laughs> fucking album <laughs> is so good. Like I'll just be driving and like sometimes randomly put that on. And I'm like. I'm just relaxing. Like I feel like I'm in a different dimension. Um, put it on when you're in when you're carpooling. So if you and your friends are all carpooling to go see a movie, put that album on. And I guarantee you, the vibe is are, are going to be immaculate. Like all of your friends are really saying, like, "Thank you, Moises. Thank you for thank you, Kellen, for taking Ox. Thank you so much." Oh, uh, the <laughs> Minecraft album. That shit's a fucking slapper. Play that shit at my goddamn funeral. Slap my ass cheek if you don't. Fuck. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, just that is about that. as far away as you can get from the good and bad to ugly. So beat that, yeah, Kellen. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to do, I have the, my music. I have not added any songs in a while. Um, I don't know if I've recommended this. Um, I, I don't know if you remember. I, I don't think I've recommended this before. But um, over the summer, my friends, um, that like I did the show with, like I hung out with every day. Like uh, I kind of absorbed some of their music taste. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're into the band Bleachers. And uh, the song I really fuck with by them is Chinatown, which is mm-hmm. featuring Bruce Springsteen. Uh, it's good, like, just like, you know, driving home in your small town at like 2 a.m., just like blasting that shit. Good vibes. Like kind of Heartland Rock, I guess. I don't know. It's a good song. I like it. I'm trying to read. I'm sorry, but Kellen, Bruce Springsteen is the most American person ever. So that's related to the good, the bad, the ugly. Oh, fuck. Um, I thought about what had been funny to recommend in the week after um, Brad Taylor's version, the song Famous by Kanye West. There you go. Great recommendation. Dude, Taylor Swift fans are so annoying. They're making me take Jake Gyllenhaal's hey, side. Like, hey, this guys. It's rea- reactionary. I'm a reactionary Fuck Jake Gyllenhaal. Taylor Swift. I'm saying it right now. She's a great songwriter, but goddamn, her music's bland. Y'all are tripping. Y'all are fucking tripping. I have, like, no qualms with her as a person. Uh, I don't think her I just don't like her music that much. Shake but, it hey, off's a banger. I'm going to say that. Shake it off's a great pop song. That's, that's, yeah, Shake It Off is pretty good. I, I like Wild History. I, I, I like I like the songs. what's the, I like some of the Taylor Swift songs. The fuck <laughs> you know about <laughs> the fuck you know about Jake Gyllenhaal? Um, it uh uh, what's that one song of hers that's like I wear a t-shirt? She that one that one that shit slaps. That's a banger. I kind of like I like the old Taylor's. I like mine. You know that Bro, one. I, Fuck it. We missed old Taylor Swift. We yeah. missed old Taylor. Uh, I, that's it. That, that's yeah, it for us. That's it. Yeah, yeah. We're done. We're done. <laughs> um, intro and outro music will be uh, The Ecstasy of Gold by Ennio In- Morcone. R.I.P. I think he passed away recently. So 2020. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. to the R. real P. one. you dead bitch. I mean, the real one. <laughs> do you remember when you said that about Princess Diana? I do. I love her. I stole that bit, by the way. I'm never going to tell you where I got it from, but that's a oh, bit. Yeah. That's someone else's bit. Fuck, I think I saw it somewhere, and I meant to call you, you out, but I, I forgot I guarantee you've it. never seen it. I guarantee you've never seen or, it. It might have just been the time you said it. I, I, yeah. I've admitted to you that I stole it. I'm going to keep saying it. Um, uh, let's see. I, I think that's it. Is, am I forgetting anything? Next week, Ratatouille. Follow us at Stargazing Podcast. Uh, this, uh, 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 the good, the bad, the ugly fact of the week. Okay, so I'm oh, re-recording. Shit. I'm re-recording the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, this week's. Sorry, we're re-recording the outro because I want, forgot to talk about this during the episode. This week's Clint Eastwood fact of the week is there's a movie called Every Which Way But Loose, starring Clint Eastwood, where he plays a truck driver who um, street fights for money, gets in the fights, and his closest companion is an orangutan that he hangs out with. My dad showed it to me when I was 10. So, <laughs> uh, and the thing he always quotes is that um, Clyde, which is the name of the monkey, sits in the passenger seat. And like when like a cop comes up to the window and is like, you got a monkey? He'll say, because the blinker on his truck is broken. So like he'll say, right turn Clyde while he's driving and Clyde will hold his, hold his hand out the window <laughs> to signal. It sounds so, amazing. So he says, maybe it's the best movie ever. So like when a cop's at the window, he'll say, right turn, Clyde, and Clyde will just punch the fucking cop. What? Was, is it a talking monkey or? No, no. Is he a small monkey. monkey or is he like a chimpanzee? He's like an orangutan. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm buying this. I need to watch this immediately. <laughs> okay. That's the Clint Eastwood fact of the week. I forgot about that. Okay. I'm complete. 
I'm Liz Camacho. Uh, we'll see you next week with Gratitude.